0: Wherever you turn in this building, there are people playing. Of course, there's the usual pool tables and ping-pong tables, but there are also go boards, chess boards, vintage video game cabinets and more recent strategy games like Settlers of Catan. Because here, you see, games are good. I'm Hannah Fry. I'm a mathematician who specialises in studying patterns in human behaviour. And I'm also an author, a broadcaster, and, like rather a lot of us, someone who is fascinated by the potential for artificial intelligence and the places it can take us. Over the last 12 months, I've been working with DeepMind, the London-based lab that has been called the Apollo Project of Artificial Intelligence. Ready to go? Bye. Welcome to the DeepMind podcast. Open another door and what do you know? There's a chess grandmaster pondering his latest move. In his early 20s, Matthew Sadler was one of Britain's all-time greatest chess players. He was there at the heart of it all, as a professional player, when AI started moving in on human chess champions. And if you know anything about chess at all, you'll remember this.
1: A computer called Deep Blue has made chess history by defeating the world's champion Garry Kasparov.
0: This is the moment in 1997 when man was defeated by machine. It was the final game of six and his opponent, one of the most powerful supercomputers in the world, seemed to have the upper hand. The game of chess, supposedly a true test of human intellect, will never be the same again. The reigning chess champion Garry Kasparov, beaten in a devastating fashion by a chess-playing computer built by IBM known as Deep Blue. One of those watching was Matthew Sadler.
1: The big thing about Deep Blue was that it wasn't actually stronger than Kasparov when it won. So that was very annoying because uh, everyone, you know, was saying, oh, a computer's beaten Kasparov, and you want to say, yes, but it wasn't better, you know, Kasparov got himself a bit psyched out and, it, you know, Deep Blue played well and, uh, and all of that. And then at some stage computers came along that were a lot stronger. And then you could start using them, and they started showing you stuff that, uh, that you hadn't seen before, you know, incredibly complicated tactical sequences where you'd say, that never works, and yet it does. And then at that moment, you sort of give it up. You sort of say, "Okay, they're better than me. And you start appreciating what they bring to the game.
0: And so as the story of Deep Blue's victory over Kasparov faded into AI folklore, people started to wonder, what game would be the next frontier for AI research? The most ambitious had their eye on the ancient board game Go!, This is not a game that responds to brute force calculation. It requires intuition and an instinctive appreciation of positions and beauty. Unlike chess, where by 2016 even a mobile phone could play a credible game against a grandmaster, there was nothing that came close to playing at the top level of Go. But that didn't put off one man from the challenge. David Silver, lead researcher at DeepMind.
2: I've always been an ambitious person. So I think at the beginning of my PhD, I set out on this this goal for myself to be able to to beat the world's strongest players during my PhD, which turned out to be a little bit ambitious. <laughs> Everyone was trying to dissuade me from this course. Um, the head of department took me aside and said, look, you know, you're know, you just wasting your time working on this project. It's too hard. No one will be able to do this. He's seen too many people bang their heads against this problem and fail. And he, he didn't want to see someone else um, in his mind, you know, just bang their heads against a problem that was too hard.
0: He wanted you to be employable at the end of <laughs> That's year, right, yes, that's right. Go is an ancient Chinese board game. And although it's not played much in the West, it's arguably the most popular board game in the world. It's considered one of the four ancient scholarly skills of China and is taught in school alongside sport or math. It's played on a pale wooden board, engraved with an elegant grid of 19 by 19 squares. The objective is very simple. Both players are aiming to capture territory on the board by enclosing it with their pieces, black or white, known as stones. But the game itself is mind-bogglingly sophisticated. Much, much more than chess. Even so, David Silver was single-minded in his belief that AI could master the game go. It was simply a question of how.
2: The right approach, it always seemed to me, was to allow machines to learn for themselves this kind of intuition, to learn for themselves to be able to uh, look at a position and establish whether black or white is ahead. And this meant machine learning, in particular, a method within machine learning called reinforcement learning, which is... Supposed to be how humans and animals learn for themselves through trial and error experience.
0: But reinforcement learning on its own wouldn't be enough. It was only when David began to work with the team at DeepMind that he spotted the missing piece of the puzzle.
2: We'd seen a huge revolution with something called deep learning. This is the ability for machines to build up very rich, deep, layered representations of knowledge for themselves. And that breakthrough seemed to me to be the missing element, that if we could combine that process of being able to build these very rich representations of knowledge with the kind of work which I'd been doing before on reinforcement learning, the ability for machines to learn for themselves by trial and error, if we put those two pieces together, it seemed to me that that this was a recipe that might have the legs to take us all the way.
0: And by all the way, David means building an AI good enough to challenge the very best Go players in the world.
1: This is a huge moment for both the world of artificial intelligence and I think the world of Go. So far, AlphaGo has beaten every challenge we've given it, but we won't know its true strength until we play somebody who is at the top of the world, likely Sudol.
0: Seoul, March 2016, a decade after first toying with the idea of designing a go-getting machine, David's moment had come. DeepMind's contender, the AI programme AlphaGo, would battle the 18-time world champion Lee Sedol head-to-head in a televised match of five games, as the world's press watched on with bated breath.
2: I I think the honest truth is that when I flew out to... Seoul in 2016. I was living this very protected life as a researcher, working on this problem behind closed doors, just thinking about the complexities of the problem and how to to make the system work. And it was only when I stepped off the plane and walked into this hotel room that was absolutely jam-packed with reporters and everything going on, that suddenly the penny dropped, that this was a really big deal, that, that actually, you know, the consequences of this were far greater reaching than I'd ever imagined. There were something like 100 million people watching the match as it proceeded. There was something like 30,000 articles written about the match.
0: When you arrived in Korea, did you believe that your, your algorithm would win?
2: When we arrived in Korea, we actually got the team together And I asked the team to hold out a hand. We were playing five games and I asked everyone to hold out a hand to say how many games of the five we thought we would win. And, you know, many people made many different predictions. I actually predicted (laughs) 4-1.
0: David's prediction of 4-1 to AlphaGo was a clear expression of confidence. But once the match started, the doubt started creeping in.
2: I feel I made the mistake of underestimating the quality of a real human world champion. When we were actually playing the match, I realized just how immensely versatile Lisandro was as a player in his ability to push AlphaGo to its limits, not just in one game, but then coming along again the next game and trying a very different strategy. And then the next game, trying a different strategy, like pushing and probing for weaknesses all the way through. And we were pushing AlphaGo into regimes that we'd never tested, actually.
0: I don't know if you've ever watched a televised game of Go, but as a single stone is placed calmly onto the board, the commentators and the audience watching on react with the same ferocity of emotion and excitement as they would a football game. Even so, there was one moment during the first game where the response from the crowd really stood out. A moment where even Lisa Doll's expression fixed into a look of shock. His mouth fell open and his hand came up to his face.
2: Everyone's expectation had been that Lisa Doll would eventually emerge triumphant. It was just a matter of time until AlphaGo made a mistake. The game, apparently to the human commentators, was still balanced. And at that point in time, AlphaGo made an extremely bold move. Quite nice to be here at the heart of the operation. David is
0: backstage with Demis Hassabis, one of the founders of DeepMind, watching AlphaGo's every move. And their reaction is caught on camera. He's
1: done it. He's gone in. Look at his face, look at his face. That is not a confident face. He's pretty uh, horrified by that
2: in Go terms, it invaded in something which appeared to be Lisa Dole's territory. And AlphaGo jumped right inside the region which seemed like it belonged to Lisa Dole and said, OK, you know, come and get me. And it was an audacious move and you could judge by Lisa Dole's reaction that he, he wasn't expecting it. He was expecting perhaps a more timid, more computer-like response. And the reality was that AlphaGo was using its intuition to judge that if it jumped in here, it couldn't compute all the way to the end all of these possible outcomes, but it, it had a sense that this would work out well for it.
0: The first round was a convincing victory for AlphaGo. Roll on day two, round two, and AlphaGo had another surprise up its sleeve.
2: In the second game, the human commentators were actually... I mean, the only word I can think of is gobsmacked in their reaction. Wow, really?
0: That's a very that's a very surprising move. I thought I thought thought it was I thought it was a mistake. This was the now famous move thirty-seven. AlphaGo had placed a stone on the fifth line, a move that no human player would even consider.
2: There's these deeply built in beliefs about the game, and one of them is that in the game of Go, you can think of all these different lines upon which stones can be played. The first line is closest to the edge, the second line, the third line, the fourth line. And there's a rule in the game of Go, which is that when you approach uh, one of these stones with diagonally, it's called a shoulder hit, that you never ever do your shoulder hit above the fourth line. And this has just been so ingrained in in Go knowledge because most of the time it's true. Like Most of the time this is a very useful, common-sense piece of knowledge which helps Go players to exclude a vast range of very bad moves. But in this particular position, what AlphaGo realized was that playing on the fifth line and playing the shoulder hit on the fifth line actually just worked beautifully in the context of this position with all of its other stones in such a way that the outcome was really favourable.
0: Because in the end of that game, that stone ended up being instrumental, right? It kind of joined up to everything else. That's right.
2: Yeah, that stone became so influential in the game and it just worked forming this big net that surrounded a vast swathe of territory in the centre.
0: AlphaGo just wasn't playing in a mechanical way. It was breaking the norms and conventions of this ancient game. It was creating something, a pattern of playing that went way beyond the approaches that humans had ever considered. And it was doing so successfully. Move 37 would eventually seal victory for the machine. Looking back on the match, Lee Sedol spoke about how this very move shifted his entire view of the match.
1: I thought AlphaGo was based on probability calculation and it was merely a machine. But when I saw this move, I changed my mind. Surely AlphaGo was creative. This move was really creative and beautiful.
0: Do you think that was the AI illustrating real creativity?
1: I think we need to
2: challenge ourselves to ask, you know, what is creativity? I think creativity should be defined as anything which takes us out of our expected patterns of behaviour and I think in in that sense it truly was
0: creative. AlphaGo won the first three games but the match wasn't over for Lee Sedol just yet. In the fourth game, he managed to come back fighting against his opponent.
2: Lee Sedol was a true gentleman and we couldn't have chosen anyone better to represent humankind for this match. He not only strove his utmost to the very end to play and Devise all kinds of amazing counter strategies to to alphago, but he dealt with the immense pressure of having all of these people watch him in really a profoundly human way he He found it very hard, he was humble, I think it hurt his pride to lose to the computer, but he came back and he he found new strength in that and was able to ultimately emerge with immense pride at having. Beaten AlphaGo in one game and been part of this pivotal
0: moment for AI. At the end of the six days, the final score was AlphaGo 4, Lisa Doll 1.
2: So AlphaGo became the first computer champion at the game of Go, and it was the, a major result for artificial intelligence.
0: And you won the sweepstake. And I won the
2: sweepstake. <laughs>
0: This is the DeepMind podcast, an introduction to AI research from the people behind AlphaGo. News of the match rippled around the world. Matt Botvinik, now DeepMind's director of neuroscience research, was one of the millions watching.
2: The first reaction that people had in the Go community was, oh, it, gee, it feels a little sad that now there's a computer program that can beat our hero. But then it didn't take long before people started to realize wait a minute, this is actually really exciting. We're not stuck with our own limitations in, in in terms of seeing the possibilities of how to play this game. Now there are new horizons opened up to us. We can find new forms of beauty in this game. I think that's sort of in microcosm now what, what I think we can hope for from, from AI more generally.
0: And for David, this victory was always part of a bigger picture.
2: It's not really the case that I've ever had to stop and question and say, well, what next? Because the what next is clear. We want to take this further. We want to build machines which can achieve the same level of performance, but across all kinds of challenging domains. Why stop with Go?
0: You once said that, uh, that you think that the game of Go is, is the holy grail of artificial intelligence. Do you still think that that's the case?
2: I think the history of AI has been a number of pivotal moments where, for a period of time, a particular domain has been um, the centrepiece of everyone's attention. Um, so for a while, the centrepiece of attention was the game of chess. When Deep Blue defeated Garry Kasparov, that marked the end of an era when chess was no longer the domain that people cared about, and, and the world moved on.
0: But before the world moved on from Go, David was curious about just how far he could push the AI.
2: Really, the open question for me was, how can a system learn for itself entirely with no human input if, if there was no human supervisor there to say here's the inputs here's the guidance here's the examples of how humans play what if we started really tabula rasa which means start from a blank slate and the system just has to learn everything for itself starting from completely random play is it able to learn for itself to play go to the highest caliber of of play that's possible
0: since their triumph in 2016, David and his team have been busy working on that new algorithm, AlphaZero. The original Go beater, AlphaGo, learned to play by studying millions of games played by human experts. AlphaZero, on the other hand, learns completely from scratch, from zero human knowledge. Instead, it picks up the game by playing against itself millions of times. Initially, its gameplay is weak and erratic. But over time, the system learns to identify the best moves and strategies.
2: It tries something, and if a particular pattern is successful and it ends up winning the game against itself, it uses that pattern more. And if another pattern ends up causing it to lose the game, it will play that pattern less. And over time, it builds up this very rich, deep representation of of knowledge, one of these so-called neural networks, and it's able to then go out and beat the world's strongest programs.
0: Which is better, AlphaGo or AlphaZero at Go?
2: Amazingly, we discovered that the system which had learned completely for itself without a single piece of human knowledge ended up being far stronger in the long run and defeated the original version of AlphaGo by 100 games to zero.
0: I didn't know that. Oh, my God. So hang on, you weakened it by giving it human knowledge.
2: (laughs) (laughs) It turns out that we have a, a tendency as human designers to believe that we know how to make the system stronger. But quite often it turns out that by putting our own predispositions and preferences into our programs, we actually make them weaker.
0: Without needing any human input, AlphaZero doesn't particularly care what game it's playing. As long as you can give it the rules, it's by no means limited to Go. By now, AlphaZero has taught itself from scratch how to master the Japanese game of shogi. It is currently the world's best shogi-playing machine, despite there only being one human in the DeepMind building who knows how to play. And to come full circle, after only four hours of playing itself, AlphaZero mastered the game of chess to a superhuman level. So far, just a small handful of chess greats have been able to test their skills against the machine, including chess grandmaster Matthew Sadler, who we met earlier, and women's international master Natasha Regan. They've co-authored a book about AlphaZero called Game Changer, and outside of the research team at DeepMind, they've probably spent more time with AlphaZero than anyone. Here's Natasha.
2: I played AlphaZero once. um and it wasn't a very long game <laughs>
0: <laughs> how many moves did you get to
2: oh i think it would have been less than 20 anyway <laughs> um and and uh i'd have to say it was very direct i played something sacrificial i thought i'd try a um opening thing it might not know it and it exploited it very quickly uh got its pieces out on attacking squares straight away and um one
0: quite quickly <laughs> i imagine <laughs> i wouldn't get to 20, 20 <laughs> moves if i played it would take me down much it's quicker pretty than strong that yeah it does have a,
1: a very smooth human style against me there was no need for it to do anything complicated it just um, played better moves over a long period of time and just uh, pushed me back gradually i wouldn't have been able to guess that i was playing against a computer it would uh, if i would had to guess a human it would have been someone like carlson or uh, or karpov these very smooth positional players who just beat you by playing good moves
0: and that, like AlphaGo before it, is a key thing about the playing style of the AI. They're not like IBM's Deep Blue that beat Gary Kasparov back in 1997 or any of its descendants. They play with a very mechanical style, computer-like style. They're very defensive. They only ever take calculated risks. But AlphaZero, on the other hand...
2: It conducts its attack in quite a structured way. So it, it takes account of the whole board and it tends not to get attacked itself so it gets to a position where its own position is quite stable and safe and then it can bring all its pieces in a
0: a consorted way into doing an attack
1: it's doing what humans do but only so much better that's the thing
0: putting it really bluntly then matt is it actually doing original stuff
1: yes it is we've been playing chess for you know for 400 years so actually probably every single move on the board has probably been played once by someone somewhere you can actually see My goodness, somebody's played 44 million games against itself. It's actually repeated our whole chess history for itself. And in that time, it's just identified what the most important things are of all that we've discovered. I mean, that's what makes style.
0: But AlphaZero has substance as well as style. Right now, in 2019, it simultaneously holds the titles of being the best player in the world at Go, Shogi and Chess. And it's not just being greedy. The whole point of this project was to build an intelligent system flexible enough to respond to a range of problems. And while AlphaZero might not quite be able to tackle cancer diagnosis or energy efficiency, There is a good reason why DeepMind are playing with building these all-purpose machines in the world of games.
2: Our goal, of course, is not just to play chess or go or, or whatever. Our goal is to have impact on some of the world's most challenging problems, which are facing society. But in order to do so, we need to gain understanding. We need to really deeply understand these systems for ourselves first. And games provide the perfect testbed for doing so
0: games are like the ultimate mini-universe. You know all the rules, there's a clear winner at the end, you can look back at the end of the game and decide what went wrong. And if you lose, well, it doesn't matter, you can just start another round. The big problems though, the ones we eventually want to tackle, they are quite a lot more complicated.
2: The real world's a really messy place and you end up with these amazingly complex things like human beings and how they interact with each other and societies and companies and all these amazing things which we've built up in our world, we need to be able to understand them to be able to have a hope to apply something like AlphaGo to, to make progress. In order to make progress then, we need to be able to apply systems that can operate even when the w- rules are unknown. And that is a big remaining challenge which has not yet been addressed by AlphaGo or AlphaZero.
0: If you want to know more about how games have been and continue to be used as a test bed in AI research, Then head over to the show notes where you can also explore the world of AI research beyond DeepMind. And we'd welcome your feedback or your questions on any aspects of artificial intelligence that we're covering in this series. So if you want to join in the discussion or point us to stories or resources that you think other listeners would find helpful, then please let us know. You can message us on Twitter or you can email us podcast at deepmind.com.